ready, man? Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to. How about Windy? Windy people yeah. is the place to be. Remember, first of all, hi and welcome to today's podcast episode. Just got a text a couple of minutes ago that um, Alex is not going to be able to make it over. Might have to dive into uh, the shows that I enjoyed and, and things I've watched throughout this year. Without her, maybe I'll fire off a, qu- a quick text, do an edit, and get back to you here. Uh, remember, wind is an underrated meteorological nightmare. I mean, obviously, like wind, tornadoes, hurricanes, we know that those are problematic. But on like a day like today, it's bone chill. My, my Philly accent just came out. It's bone chilling cold in what otherwise would be a cold but manageable mid-fall day, but the wind is slicing through. It's a little bit eerie, but more chilly uh, whenever I'm at home, and you're, you can understand this as well. When you're at home, you're at work, you're someplace where there's there's drapes in front of a window, and you can hear the wind outside, and you see the drapes moving. You know it's windy. You know that wind is bringing bitter cold. Um, uh, A handful of uh, local things to get to here, but first let me start with what I'm going to my therapist with next week. This is, uh, air quotes, Pam, who I began to see in fall of 21, slid over to EMDR in January or so. That didn't really work out. Took a break, caught up with Pam, I guess, end of summer here. And I was only going once a month. Um, Skipped last month because I was I was experimenting and that was the time where I was going to take my dad so he could see he can get a front row seat um like like front row four thousand dollar Taylor Swift kind of seats to one of my therapy sessions which he gets the light he gets the uh swaler tift version of all these years but this is me sitting with a professional but I skipped that one as I was experimenting but um, I think I might have said this before, but it, it keeps creeping into my head more recently. Um, and we should always want to grow and hope to be a little wiser and learn from our mistakes and the painful lessons and be a little better. And this thing keeps coming back into my head. And I can tie it back to a more profound quote that I came across years ago 15 years ago maybe maybe more the thing that's in my head is it's easy when it's easy so um i tie that to everybody's a captain in calm seas it's about adversity the other quote that i've thrown out before adversity doesn't build character okay it builds a little adversity doesn't build character it reveals it and when there is something that pops up of a certain kind of adversity, I've learned in the last handful of days, we're going back to really like Friday, um, there's a certain kind of adversity that trips me up. Like I could, lose, I, I could lose my job. Granted, I have resources to tap into, but losing your job is something that really nobody wants to do if you're content where you are, and I am. Um, that would be a, a big, big problem for most people. I'm set up where it would be a problem, but I'd manage around it. Um, most common, like 
when my tire was literally going from 30 PSI to 20 PSI as I'm driving it. I didn't freak out. I made a calm U-turn, uh, a calm, safe U-turn on airport into the gas station and went home. Didn't panic. Like that anxiety that gets most people, I'm good with. Diddy had a had a little lump. Did I tell you this a couple weeks ago? And I swapped Andre's allergy appointment, his dry skin appointment for, for this lump with Diddy. I wasn't panicked because all along I'm like, he's an older dog. This is going to happen. Will, as my good friend, Chief Allison Armstrong said when we did a podcast for 69 Words, when she was talking about the challenges she's been through with her son who has cat eye syndrome, she said repeatedly over and over when she explained um, the challenges she's had being uh, a mom, we'll handle it. We'll handle it. That's how I handle these things. Now I'm fortunate again, I can tap into resources to handle it. I am not good with medical issues. So when I visit Pam next week, and I told her this before, um, I think in our last session, I told her that when something arises, a strain or something like that, um, in this case, my eye, I want it fixed. It, like This is where my impatience is most searing and volatile. Um, it's, I guess, a form of anxiety. So in the past, when a medical issue would arise because I wasn't properly medicated, I would just assume that every type of cancer was about to finally slay me. If not, it was it was definitely some type of mutation of AIDS, and I had six months to live. I'm not kidding you. I thought those things. Uh, the Cymbalta made all that stuff go away. And hey, when your PSI is shrinking while you're driving, it's okay. Just pull into the gas station. You're a mile from home, and I can process that real quickly before um, the worst possible imaginative thoughts can seep in but still when there's a medical issue um i i get super impatient impatient and it's probably an analog for for anxiety but not the acute oh my god i only have six months to live anxiety it's i just want this to fucking go away this is so this is so annoying i don't want to i can't deal with this my impatience uh it was actually like last tuesday I had a very good leg workout. Maybe overdid my 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 calves a little bit and didn't stretch it out properly. I literally stepped weird here in the radio station. And for three days, one of them I was icing my calf. I should have been doing more so. It was just the fact that it happened. Um, I was irritated. I was impatient to have it heal. Now, when I was younger, before Cymbalta, and anxiety was burning up my tendons and ligaments, it it was crippling in my mind. I just assumed every strain that I got, something like what I just described, would be with me for weeks. Weeks. Hey, go to the gym to feel good, to, to, to beat your demons, to beat back the depression. Well, when you can't work out how you'd like, it's just this circle of agony. Um, so there was that, but that, that, that resolved itself. But then on um, Friday, my eye was being weird. And... The kind of weird that I usually feel, I guess I've gained adult allergies. Um, I think I've always been allergic to grass. There's been some times where I've had my, my door open to the living room and they're outside doing the lawn. And within 10 minutes, 
having never realized this before, um, it, it's like somebody took a sledgehammer to my skull, particularly my my left eye. I'm like, oh, dummy, all the allergens are swooping around. Um, and, and at allergy points of the year, you know, I, I know to use more of my eye drops. It's so weird. I'll, I'll take you back. Uh, I'll come back to the LASIK stuff. I'll explain the eye thing. But the eye was bothering me so much so I, I needed to take off of work on Monday. I was so aggravated and it was, there was a lot of discomfort. I had to pop some Tylenol or something. The drops didn't seem to be working. Yesterday, and, and at that point I realized I got to make an eye doctor appointment, which I haven't been to in two years. Thankfully, I was able to get to the one that I was avoiding and the doctor, who I'd never met before, was very helpful. She's like, get back on your drops. She's like, it was 70 a couple weeks ago, and then it went to 40. Your heat is on all the time now. It's probably drying your eye out. Oh, light bulb moment. Aha moment. But the fact that I was, it it was more of a brutal, brooding, knuckle in your back, needling, constant annoyance rather than the, oh shit, I'm going to die. Who should I, who should I visit first with my six months left to live? This is just the constant can't sleep or all I want to do is sleep. So it goes away or it gets better. So I got to talk to her next week because apparently when things are easy, at least when it comes to medical issues, nothing's wrong. They're easy. I can be a captain all the time, but when something like that arises, I, I always think before Cymbalta and now on it and beyond, I'm going to be a terrible person when I age. Like, I'm just not going to deal with it real well. Um, so I'll talk to her about that next week and, and have her dig in and analyze how I can be better at that because I do all the tricks. Eric, you've been through this before. It's it's not fatal. You have it, you, you make a doctor appointment. So what if it costs a lot of money to, to get some special scan? You you can take care of that. Like, all that talking to myself doesn't work for, for these medical issues. I hate it. So the eye thing, um, in twenty four in twenty late twenty thirteen when I first had moved here, I was hold on let me check my traffic have an accident there's gonna be an edit several accidents to pass along one burn at Hill another Secor at Executive Parkway if you're seeing something we're not let us know that's your cumulus Toledo right now traffic I actually missed doing traffic the last couple of days. I take pride in keeping people informed. Since people don't come to us for music so much anymore, what can they come to us for? Information. Infotainment. Entertaining in, in information. Informative entertainment. So my eye stories are kind of good. Not good in, in, a, in a good way. Good in a bad way. Good to tell. Um, first of all, I waited too long to get glasses. I waited even too much longer to get contacts when I was like 18 years old. It was another harrowing medical incident where... I got the contacts, I get home, I couldn't get them out. My mom was furious. She had to take me back to the doctor to get them out. I never wanted to wear them ever again. I got so good at contacts, I could be stumbling down, blackout drunk, and still get them out and safely into their container. Never slept with them in. I think one time, I had one contact faux pas. I, didn't, I never fell asleep in them. I never specifically like said, oh, I'll take them out in the morning. None of that. I did walk into the shower once and go, wow. This is really dirty. I'm like, oh, the contacts are in. Um, and funny enough, when I got my LASIK, which uh, one of the things I noticed repeatedly was, wow, I got to clean my shower better. So in late 2013, I was having pain in my left eye. I couldn't, long story short, 
I guess there's uh, from allergies and just wear and tear over the year, you get like these little bumps, like sandpaper things under your eyelids. And I think that's what was keeping me from being able to hold a contact in my left eye. It was only my left eye. So I, um, I decided to get LASIK by Dr. Martin at OptiView uh, on Navarre over in Oregon. And I guess he, like me being able to take those contacts out, he, he was able to do those kinds, like he was the LASIK guy. Um, and I was like literally the one in 1,000 people who had a horrific recovery. Everybody had told me, um, they'll give you a volume, you'll go home, you'll sleep up, uh, sleep, you'll go to sleep, you'll wake up the next morning, and you're, it's, it's like you're seeing 2020 or 2015. Well, mine didn't go like that. I'll keep this, I'll make this quick, um, in case you've heard the story before. So 2014, September or so, get it all taken care of, go there, um, I leave, no problem. I had no issues with him sticking whatever he did in my eye and my, my eyeball was open. Oh, I was totally fine. You can't see anything anyway. It's just like there's water in your eyes. Well, uh, my the girlfriend, the girl I was dating at the time was taking me to get the prescriptions from CVS and I think I poked my eye with the sunglasses I was supposed to wear. So I'm like, oh, we got to go back. I go back. He's like, you're fine. So I go home. She's watching the dog, just one ditty at that time. I wake up the next morning. I go over to work, which is like five o'clock in the morning, and I can't see shit. Like I have to lean into the screen and I, I can't I can't see anything. Um I forget what had happened at that point, whether I went to see the doctor that day. I think I did, and he gave me reading glasses or something. He's like, this will heal up in a couple of days. I think what ultimately wound up happening was he had to redo the surgery. And as I explained with my eye and the agony and impatience I had just a couple days ago, that that week after I, I, when I was slow to recover and wearing reading glasses, I was furious. I was cursing. I was like, why the fuck did I do this? I hated, I, I was like, I was completely out of control. Then once I healed up and everything, and to this day, I wish I had done it sooner because my eyes were bad. I, I the, the other realization aside from, wow, the shower's really dirty is, why don't you guys tell me I had fucking Coke bottles? Come on now. Do me a solid. Um, two years ago, I woke up one night and I thought one of the dogs had whacked me in the eye. I wasn't seeing as well out of my left eye. Numerous doctor visits, eye doctor visits to the one I just went to, who did my, same place that did my surgery. They were now like Midwest eye consultants. They were very thorough, very comprehensive, and very sympathetic, but they, they didn't have an answer as to why my vision was different in my left eye, worse than in my right eye, which is like still like 2015. They gave me a prescription for glasses. By the time I had gotten the glasses, I adjusted. I was fine. Um, but that, oddly enough, is the eye that deals, that that gets a little painful, that I've got to be sure to put the drops in, the, the eye that isn't bothering me. And aside from that, knowing that just one day I stopped seeing better, so so good in that one eye, just like that, it wasn't gradual, it just snapped. Um, this is gradual as I get into my mid-40s where I'm aging slowly, as all of us will, I guess, to reading glasses. And I have a great aversion to wanting that, even though I think it's mostly unavoidable. The doctor I saw yesterday... Um, I don't know if she got what I was asking, but I'm pretty certain they can't do 
the LASIK that I would like for that. Like if you can't see far away, like most people can, and I think that's nearsighted my, myopia. Um, that's LASIK. Like that, that's the easy one where the 999 people get what they were promised as opposed to me where I was like, I can't see. I don't think there's a surgery yet. At least one that is not as foolproof as that or I think the, to fix your up-close vision, um, it's far riskier, and there is not a consistent surgery for that. So I just kind of let that go, and I, I hope um, by the time I might need something like that, there'll be a better surgery for that, because I do not want to go back to wearing glasses. If you're like, Eric, I've seen you wearing glasses. You have multiple pairs. There's no prescription in the lenses. Um, okay, congratulations to Ryan Weekman, who was here not long ago. He uh, he, and his team at Wood County Plays have opened up to the public their second inclusive playground at Carter Park. I think Ryan said this is going to be the time frame they got it open because I remember asking him, when it's freezing cold in the middle of winter, is the play? He's like, yep, open year-round. So congrats to Ryan and his team, Carter Park. And as I've always said with Ryan, franchise that thing. Call it the Weekman. Get it everywhere. Um, next up, Sheets, a friend texted me a story, said Sheets is coming to Detroit. Um, I posted something that said, Wow, I wouldn't skip over Ohio like Sheets is doing. Then you told me that Sheets is in some places, Columbus. Now, I'll be totally honest, I am very familiar with Sheets. When I lived in Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, there were several Sheets locations. So locations, but for every two, there were six Wawas, and I am a Wawa loyalist. Not for the coffee. The coffee was only okay. It was the pretzels and shorty hoagies and everything else. The cleanliness of that convenience store, but it's far more than that. Calling it a convenience store is is insulting. Um, so I never needed to go to Sheets, so I never needed to get familiar with what they were really good at. Like, Wawa has my pretzels and my shorty hoagies. I don't know what Sheets is good at. Um, They'll be in Detroit and here in 2025. Now you can stop and go, oh shit, that's only in two years. (laughs) Yes, it is. We are, and I think I might have said this before, we are entering, what do you call like the early, say, 70s? Early 70s, mid 70s, late 70s. We all have different cutoffs. I don't think there's an official number. Um, but I will say, and you can tell me that we have to wait another year, that the, the mid are four, five, and six. But I can stretch a little bit and say we're entering the middle of the third decade of the 21st century. Um, I ask myself, how do I choose who to help? Because I know that I'm fortunate to have a platform and can reach people who can help others. Um, I had a long ago, back when I was probably living and working in Allentown, um, I think I kind of had like a hard no for everybody because I naively had the mindset, oh, man, if, if you help one, you got to help all. Like if you say yes to one, how do you, how do you say no to somebody else? Now, my morality, ethics, values were not what they are now back then. It was a very narrow filter. Um, these days are different. So I base it on, like, does somebody have a connection to me? I'm, of course, going to help out a friend or someone who has a connection to, like, let's say they they know people that work at the Zeph Center. 
yes. So, and, and my passion points, I always go back to that because I have to go, well, I'd love to help this person and I'll do what I can, but... So, the passion points. Uh, mental health, animals, and other passion points at this time are escaping me, but it's usually those. So, we all saw the, the flood in North Toledo. Oh, it's not been a good couple of days in, in North Toledo, by the way. While I was reading The Blade today trying to figure out what the hell's been going on with city council, the mayor, the auditor who was just fired. Uh, like there are more questions that need to be asked because this person works for city council, but it feels like the mayor wanted him gone. More questions need to be asked. Uh, but I did see that Toledo city under uh, Toledo city council headline city to consider revoking tax exemption for Fairfield Inn. Why does that sound familiar? It's the same Fairfield Inn that was on fire this morning. If you're going to commit some type of incident like that, can you at least wait 24 hours after the news? I, I don't know. That was like a, a weird, eerie coincidence. Like that's what happens in an hour of a TV crime show. This is real life here. Um, I think that's also North Toledo, right? Benor. So, North Toledo, the flood. Um, the one story that I saw was, uh, that I, the one story that I read was uh, the small SUV, the gray SUV that was submerged in water. It was a young girl. Her name was Megan Terry. Her name is still Megan Terry. Read that she had a couple of kids. A city worker had to, uh, had to help them as she was just taken um, to get them to school. I don't know where she was driving, how she got stuck and all that. I don't care she made a bad decision or not she was in that situation let's let's help her at that point um and i'm beginning to filter like i'd like to help this person oh there's a gofundme and it was actually um well on its way to meeting its goal i do also want to know why do people pick certain numbers like her number was three thousand dollars last i looked was it like 2800 yesterday it was like 2300 like oh good I'm, I'm glad people are helping out so you know I'll just let 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 people do their thing then I see that um, she's a pet groomer and all the stuff uh, that she uses for her her mobile business was lost in her vehicle I because I can be pretty gullible naive as cynical as I can come off I can also be I I am all I am all extremes um like I am total discipline or no discipline. My my snacks here today: apples, water, and uh, and my almonds. Friday night, it's going to be a big ass pizza and a lot of alcohol. There's no middle ground. Um, so it's either naivety or I call bullshit. Um, but Megan, apparently an animal lover, wanted to help her out. So um, and apparently she got besieged by idiots. Um. Online, she even said, uh, she put a post on her Facebook page, I'm not accept. thanks for the request, I'm not accepting anymore unless I know you or know of you. I was like, well, I'm going to find out if a person who is probably too young to be listening to radio knows who I am. And she accepted the friend request. And I wanted to connect her with my friends in the animal community to see if they can help her out. Humane Society, LC4. Humane Ohio, Toledo Animal Rescue, where you saw my pictures from today. Give those a look. I swear to God, if I ever adopt a cat, it's coming from Steve and his team there. Those cats, he's got cats with character and personality, and I like them. In fact, the three today, one was very sociable, came over to me. The other one walked behind the crates and looked at me 
turned itself around, showed me its tail as it was walking in this narrow little thing. But Baba Duke, I don't know if that was a boy or a girl, but liked me when I left. The black cat who was avoiding me at all costs up on top of the crates. If I got even near it, it would back away. That cat saw that I was good to the other cats and gave me a paw and, and said, this dude is cool. If I ever get a cat, it's coming from Steve and his team. But that's my process of how I choose to help people when I can. Um, tomorrow, we'll have Alana Machenko on. Uh, Toledo Helps Ukraine for the third time because Alana has uh, partnered for a cookie walk, also something I saw on the blade. I read it so you don't have to be embarrassed and say that you do because you probably feel like you sound old saying, I read the newspaper. It's okay, I'll read it for you. And guess what? It's on my phone. It's not even a real paper. Uh, Alana is doing a cookie walk, which I've never heard of before, from 9 to noon at Sunshine Communities this weekend. So another person. Obviously, um, that fil- that got filtered through. Wow, this is a... Um, this is a massive global crisis. It's going to cause ripple effects everywhere. Um, this girl is local, UT. Let me try to help her. And now she's going to be back for the third time. And by the way, uh, everybody is really, you know, I try to avoid generalizations, but everybody is really sick right now. It seems like everybody for Thanksgiving, instead of passing turkey around or with turkey and gravy, passed around influenza A. Like, this is not a cold. People are getting their asses whooped by it. Knock on wood, I'm good so far. Um, But when I was visiting uh, Toledo Animal Rescue today and talking to one of Steve's employees, it was another reminder. We were talking about how there's a vet shortage because people don't want to, as she said, go to school for eight years to be yelled at by pet owners. I'm like, that's better than being yelled at by all humans. Like at least if you're a nurse or a doctor, it's people yelling at you all the time. At least you can see that you're saving a pet and see the look in their eyes. And they're not going to be they're like, well, you should have gotten me faster. But I know there's a vet shortage. And um, I hope you see as much as I do. I hope this picks up. I know everybody expected in late 19, three years ago from exactly now, it's going to be the roaring 20s, flappers and prohibition and drinking and all and like the 1920s all over again. Catchy, basic bitch stuff. I'm sorry that didn't happen. But what this absolutely is, the transformative 20s. I've said it to people. I don't know if I, I think I've said it here, but I'm going to say it again. The virus killed at least a million Americans, how many ever people globally, but it affected everybody and is still affecting literally almost everybody on earth. Definitely every single human being in this country. Well, what do you mean? Somebody who wanted to go visit um, some business today because we still see them. They, they were closed because of an employee shortage. Like, these times are transformative because people have reevaluated. As we saw in the middle of the pandemic, they reevaluated, they put the scales up life, work, balance, what's important to me, what's not important to me, what should be important to me. Money's not as important to me as my time. I don't want to be treated like shit. I'll make less money, all that stuff, which I had been processing for a very long time. Um, what's going through people's heads and still. And has been and still will be for quite some time. I don't think this decade, I don't think like anything will settle in this decade until the end of it. 
again, we're a couple of years from 2025. I don't think think things will truly settle and we can finally look back and say COVID is no longer affecting any of us in any way. You're talking like 23, four, four years, five years, 27, 28. A million people died, but everybody was affected. Everybody is still affected. Everybody will continue to be affected by this global pandemic. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to having our, our conversation tomorrow with Alana.